Mother, is that you? What, what? In the butt. It's the Luke and Pete show. Don't bristle. I didn't bristle. When I, when I quote the excellent artist... Samwell. Samwell. I was going to go what, and make a note of that for the, for the synopsis. I wasn't yeah, bristling. Okay, I just, I just heard mm. your, your, your lips quivered a little bit. No. Whenever I get a little bit spicy, a little bit rude, you go, Ooh. My lips did quiver, did. but that was through excitement. <laughs> excitement to be back for episode 148 of the Luke and Pete show on Thursday, the 7th of March. I'm Luke Moore. That is, of course, Pete Donaldson, the Pete portion. I'm awesome. You caught me on the hop actually starting the show. um, The problem with um, uh, the fact that A, people insist on sending us spam emails, which (laughs) really... I'm not a man who gets his piss boiled by admin, uh, like as in I, I don't get angry. Oh, no, when, you just don't do it. When, I don't do it exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I've opted out of that particular side of things. Um, so, but when I actually have to sort of interact with that side of thing, and, and someone's made it difficult for me, I realise how the rest of the world works. Yeah. Uh, and so, trying to find emails in the Luke and Pete Shaw inbox quite difficult. Yeah, you've done a pretty good job of insulating yourself in a yeah. variety of different ways from the real world. Yeah. And um, and Whenever we do our to... best to protect you from that. Yes. But sometimes you are exposed to it. It's not it's ideal. Disgusting. And and I think you it's your boring. reaction to it is um, very. Your reaction to it is like when Charles and Heston sees the collapsed Statue of Liberty at the end of Planet of the Apes. What well, goes? That's a shame. <laughs> said yes, that, that's a shame. That was a nice statue. Having said that, I can't actually remember his reaction in that film. So I he might says, have made that. He up. says. Shit! It was Earth all along. Holy monkey balls! <laughs> That's what he says. I'll be fighting these monkeys all fucking day, and I'm knackered, <laughs> and I probably got my shirt off. And I'm in love with one of them. Say again? I'm in love with one of them. Is that one of the things she, he falls in love with a monkey? He kisses her. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Does he? Yes. Would he you does. prize? Would you prize a fully grown female primate uh, from Charlotte Heston's called Dead Hands? <laughs> Did you see that picture of that hairless chimp I sent you? Uh, yeah. You do. Um, Terrifying. You do, you do get either chimps that have um, alopecia, I suppose, but you get chimps who pull their hair out nervously as well. That chimp's got alopecia, like so not a happy home life. There was a chimp, there was a, b- a bonobo, not a chimp, uh, in the Twycross Zoo that I used to work in. They used to have a Mohican because his mother, for some reason, used to just pull out, the, pull out his hair huh. in a very specific... So he had like a full-on kind of um, taxi driver, um, thick... <laughs> Mohican. That's amazing. It was so weird. I, I presume <laughs> she still doesn't do it. That's brilliant. But he was a young bonobo. They just had to spend their time masturbating the old bonobos. Yeah. Bonobos yeah. are very important for evolutionary reasons, aren't they? They yeah. were only discovered in like 1932, right. I think. Right, right. One of the later primates discovered. Yeah. So well done, that person who discovered that. And well done them for keeping themselves hidden for so long. <laughs> one of the Primate few, hide-and-seek champions. One of the few uh, animals, certainly primates, who indulge in mutual mas- masturbation. Do they really? Yes, indeed. I can imagine the evolutionary Do biologist. Very much at this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Or scientists going up to them and going up to one of those bonobos for the first time saying, what, what are you doing How there? would you describe yourself? Are you, are you a chimp? Yeah, chimp. You're not a chimp, are you? Oh, I got me there. Yeah, no, I've just had my hair cut. So he can. Hang on, are you are you mutually masturbating? <laughs> I've never seen. Can you stop that? that while I'm talking <laughs> to you? You've got all the time in the world to do that. I was reading. Um, uh, uh, you caught me on the hop because I was just reading something about um Taiwan about how th- this guy Luke Reese emailed in. He's the international director of H- director of HR apparently, uh, but he lived Ooh. in um Taipei for a while, I think. Uh, and he t- t- basically spoke about um, the mm, delicate discussions about w- w- what constitutes Taipei and Taiwan and stuff. Uh, and so I just got started oh, yeah. with that. But it reminded me of that uh, when I was in on holiday. Yeah, I didn't try the stinky tofu that everyone was uh, recommending. So apologies for that. It was like a fermented type thing. Yeah, for, yeah. with like vegetables and fish juice. I think I would put fish juice in everything. Um, fish, and fish two, I um, apologies to the people who DM me who were in Taipei at the time. I never have. 
I never have time to. It's really hard to sort of meet people when you're on holiday because you've got limited time and you're with friends anyway and they want to do stuff. So it's really hard. So apologies if I haven't. Let me translate that for you all. You weren't getting a response because you were not a sexy lady. That's fair. Um, <laughs> see, <laughs> I'm joking. See, go back to you about, about Taiwan and Taipei. Uh, no, it doesn't matter. No, but oh, I want, no, okay. no, no. I wanted to say my main point was the third bit is that um, the uh, I saw a dog doing a poo. <laughs> God's sake. Do you know what I've got written down here? World Book Day. I was excited to talk about World Book Day. All right. And all of a sudden, four minutes in, we're talking about you seeing a dog having a poo. It's not It's not content. <laughs> no. I mean, it is dog, content. Right. It's fecal content, fecal but content. it's not No, a dog content. having... Uh, there could be anything in there, Wums. Uh, there, <laughs> there was a dog having a poo, and the dog's owner, right, had the dog poo bag um, over his hands, and he was collecting it. Yeah, I've seen that. Have you seen that? I've seen... Is that a thing? Can I go one step further? And I think I might have shown you a video of this. Right. I certainly sent a video to Sam about this. Right. I was walking through Herne Hill, district of London, just near where I live. Double H's. Not, yeah, not long ago. H squared. The double H of London. Not... Careful. Careful. Um, and uh, there was a dog. I think it was a, a smallish breed, like a bulldog or something. Mm. And it had this contraption around its bottom half attached to like an ersatz belt. Right. Um which had a canopy over its bum hole. Like a horse. And when it pooped into it, it just stayed in there. Like a bridal horse. Yeah, and they could just tie up tie off at the end and put it in the in the thing. And I don't know, and first of all, I was thinking, that's strange. I've never seen that before. Secondly, I thought, is that a little bit cruel? And then thirdly, I thought, why hasn't every dog got that? Yeah. Because it would solve the problem down my street, which is dog shit everywhere. I don't want to get Alan Partridge about it, but it is disgusting. It's a like a um it's like a, a bag in a vacuum cleaner. So they've basically, got it, yeah. they've got it, so they've basically attached a poo bag to a dog. Mm-hmm. And so every time he just does a poo, it's in the bag, and you just tie it off, and it's in. Yeah, I mean, it would be relatively cruel to leave it on there for too long, I think. But the bag is big enough to, for it to be away from the dog's body for a bit. Ah, yeah, I'm definitely. I'll, I'll have to dig out the video because I sent it to Sam for sure. C'est interesting. I sent it to Sam for a behind-the-scenes football ramble video, <laughs> but he, he, didn't, he didn't make the cut. I might just, I might do a bit of that on the behind-the-scenes video today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> make a little kind of look what I've puppies. got. I've got their pants, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are, and I filled them. Yeah, I just thought it's a really the dog looked incredibly regal. It looked like yeah, I'm the fucking boss around yeah. here. Yeah, C- father, catch my shit, father. You catch know what shit. time it is. <laughs> I've adopted the position, father. <laughs> oh man, do not so, forsake me. Cool. Well done, everyone. Um, so what was so a guy got in touch who was an international HR director about the differences between Taiwan and Taipei and you yeah. spun that into seeing a dog well, do you, well now do you, uh, do, you want, do you want it basically the two sentence version of the Taiwan Taipei version, uh, situation is that China thinks it belongs to them uh, hence the Chinese and Chinese Taipei Taiwan independent but made up of what they would consider the rightful Chinese government in exile who fled there when Mao was kicking off so okay there we that makes sense mm. um, I mean I kind of knew that anyway so I don't know I think maybe I said something about Ramble that was a bit Incorrect. Well, don't worry about it. Marcus said, go to China. I said, I am going to Chinese Taipei if we're going to yeah. choose sides. Yeah, I mean, that, that's your first mistake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Listening to Marcus. Yeah. Um, I, got, I found something out today, which is quite interesting. Oh. Michael Jordan. Uh, uh, the reason I found this out is because LeBron James, King James, has uh, just passed Michael Jordan's points record in the NBA. Isn't he on the beach a little bit, that blog? Everyone's sort of saying he's kind of just... Well, he's gone to he's LA. Not, he's it? not asked. Ask Andy Brassel. He's a basketball expert. Not yeah. many people know that. Really? Yeah, he is. He's, he's basketball man as well. Some people's brains operate on a very different level. He's got the brain the size of a planet. But he's lovely and he's erudite and he speaks, he, he wears his knowledge very lightly. He does, Any yeah. morsel of knowledge I have, 
I wear like a Goldie t-shirt. Oh, mate, I'm hitting it around people's heads. <laughs> I'm smashing people <laughs> I'm around the head it out. I'm, I'm manufacturing conversations <laughs> to get it in there. You're yeah. like the man who doesn't have a telly who wants to talk about telly all the yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you see the game? I didn't. I don't have a telly. Yeah. yeah. What, are you just, what are you doing there? Just talking about TV? I haven't yeah, got, I don't a TV. got a telly. I have got a um, But Andy, yeah, he's a basketball expert. Anyway, um, Michael Jordan uh, always wore Converse sneakers to play right. basketball in, apparently. And he decided that he wanted um, Converse or Adidas to make his signature shoe. Mm. But Nike came in and offered him some creative control and said he could design them himself and all the rest of it. And mm. the rest is history. So he could have been an Adidas or a Converse uh, athlete. Because Converse don't have any, like, they're not squidgy, are they? Converse are like, kind no. of like, so it, but those are the shoes that he used to wear. Isn't that I've, interesting? You'd think you'd want something with a bit more. It's back in the day, though, wasn't it? Are you allowed springy shoes <laughs> was back in the, and, and the reason I find that quite interesting is because if you saw PSG or if you've seen PSG this season mm. their um, their, sh- their shirts are made by Nike right but they don't have the Nike tick they have the Air Jordan logo oh that's interesting yeah so it's like an Air Jordan kind of brand but it's really the... so it's really transcended basketball it's as we know anyway yeah yeah you know. it's like the um, uh, Newcastle United uh, Black Puma you never you never see a Black Puma on the Newcastle United shirt because that would be a black cat and obviously oh, Sunderland are oh, big yeah, rivals. They're always, it's always have a gold or blue or yeah. dark, dark grey. And something else I found out completely unrelated um, today is that women are 17% more likely to die in car accidents because cars and their safety elements are designed around men as Massively. the default. Yeah, yeah I, didn't, I never considered all that the de- All the defaults are, uh, are, are, are men. It's really weird. Yeah, so women, so obviously, women are smaller, mm. different, um, different mass, different weights, all that kind of stuff. Um, they are much more likely to die in a car accident. Very, very sad to hear that. Yeah, hugely. And uh, I am more likely to um, die in a car accident because I wear my heart on my sleeve. Yeah, and don't wear a seatbelt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got. What is that? Is that your seatbelt? No, it's my heart. I'm wearing my heart. Um, Peter, it is World Book Day today. Oh, and um, as a result, I just thought we don't want to get too. Um, sort of pseudo-intellectual on this show because that would be ridiculous. But as it is actually World Book Not Day, fair, mate. All, your fair. Fr- all your friends who um, have children will, of course, be dressing them up and sending them into school. And if they're particularly um, enthusiastic, they'll be getting dressed up themselves, as I've seen some of my friends do. Is um, this a uh, an Americanism, like, like, like a little bit like Halloween? It's it might be. Come in could be, mate. Never a thing when we were a kid. Could well... No, it wasn't absolutely right, so it could well be. It's definitely come along more, more, more later than, mm. than when we were at school. But... What book are you reading at the moment? Because you sent me a, a passage from a book on WhatsApp the other day. Uh, what book am I reading at the moment? Okay, well, that's a clue. Not that you're read, not, yeah, you're not reading much, are you then? It's, uh, it's, it's, what, it's, it, it's a Lacare kind of derivative kind of blog. I forget his name now, but he's... Uh, it's, it's all right. It's a story about a man who... Uh, a bloke who was a fig uh, picker. <laughs> a little fig picker. <laughs> uh, you little fig, fig, fig picker. Um, sounds like an insult. He fell in the... Um, he was found uh, dredged up in the Bosphorus, and it's a fascinating little yarn of a detective or a, de- a man who writes detective novels trying to figure out where why this man's dead. Right. Not not, not a true story. Uh, right. I don't read true stories because I find real life boring. You find real life almost crushingly pressurizing. Modern life is rubbish, as yeah. Blow once said. Yeah, they did. <laughs> um, I'm reading a book by Eric Larson called In the Garden of Beasts. And Eric Larson, I think I might have talked about him on this show before. I talked about Dead Wake and the Devil in the White City. Right. Um, in the Garden of Beasts is the final one of his I haven't read, I think. And it's absolutely amazing. It's about, um, so his, it's historical non-fiction, but it's written with the pace and the cadence of a novel. Mm. So he's basically painstakingly got all the sources. And if they've been officially written in a letter of correspondence or a, or a telegram, whatever, he uses that to build the dialogue. 
Right, okay. It's brilliant. It's really well done. And In the Garden of Beasts is a book about a guy called William E. Dodd, who was the only, really, I mean, I'm paraphrasing here, but he was the only guy they could find in the US in 1933 to go and be the US ambassador to Germany. They could, the only one he could find. They could find. No one wants to do it because of the, because of the almost unique diplomatic uh, situation with right. the rise of Hitler. So Hitler had come into power um, either earlier that year or the year before. And um, Theodore Roosevelt, who I think was the president at the time, essentially settled on this guy called William Dodd, who was this old history teacher mm. who had a bit of diplomatic experience, but really was, was, a, was a man of letters and, 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 and a lecturer and all the rest of it. And he took his family at the age of 64 and went to Berlin and lived there as the, as the US ambassador to Germany mm. as it was as all this stuff was happening yeah and it, and it is absolutely fascinating that is a, that would be a very unique experience I imagine exactly and so, <laughs> and so what, what he's doing is he's in a I mean I'm only, I'm only halfway through it so I can't spoil people even if I wanted to which I don't um, the rise of all this um, you know anti-Semitic um, hatred towards Jews and, and mm. all this kind of stuff is happening in little bits and pieces and people are failing to, to knit the story together and it's also bracketed with the idea that in America their opinion of the Jewish of Jewish people at that point was very problematic anyway. Yeah. He's fine, they're, they're all finding it very hard to, 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 to come up with a strategy of how to deal with this mm. and I've just got to the bit where he's about to meet Adolf Hitler for the first time. It's an absolutely fascinating book. I'll tell you what, it's not only that, the thing that elevates it for me as well, the lessons to be learned from history are, are so uh, obvious and so clear to anyone who reads the book. It's by Eric Larson. It's called In the Garden of Beasts, and I would happily, happily recommend it on World Book Day. It's the book of the week. It is the book of the week. Uh, it was Eric Ambler I'm reading. It's a, just a spy novel. A lot like, of Eric's. I like, my, I like a lot of Eric's. Yeah. That should be the title of the um, show. There's a guy, I think, who's called... A surplus of Eric's. Uh, I can't remember who he's called. A, uh, James Horncastle recommended me a lot of books by a um, a guy. It's like a John Le Carre thing. Mm. Um I forget the name of it. Barney someone. And it's set in, um, it's 20th century spy novels, basically. Yeah. I'll find it. I'll, I'll dig it out and I'll mm. get it on um, Twitter. But I've just bought one of those. I haven't started it yet. But I'll probably read that next. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll tweet it at LukeandPeatShow.com. I oh, don't no, at Luke and Pete Show mm. to, to, so people can read it because uh, that's what I'll probably get into next. But at the moment, that Eric Larson book's amazing. All his books are brilliant. Mm. He's really, really good. His, 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 his research is painstaking. His sources, the, the sources at the back are like that big. It must take him years to write a book. It's like the Ramble book, isn't it? <laughs> it's many yeah, sort of, yeah. In many you know ways. the Ramble book? Yes. Imagine not the, the polar opposite of that. Yeah, okay. It's like that. Yeah. I, I enjoyed writing that, the bits that I wrote. So I enjoyed, I. I enjoyed yeah, it immensely. Too. I'm very proud um, of we've done it, yeah. Eric, uh, speaking of Eric's, I discovered that I, um, basically back in the day when I was, oh God, how old must I mean? Maybe about 12 or 13. I was a big fan of a uh, Amiga-based animator called Eric Schwartz. Sorry, mate. Philip Kerr. Philip Kerr. And his novels are the Bernie Gunther novels. That's what I was going to say. Carry on. Carry on. I was a big fan of an animator called Eric Schwartz. He would do like these very um, charismatic, kind of almost Don Bluthian um, uh, animations. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I sort of um, thought, I wonder what that guy is doing, whether I can watch them on YouTube, because they were they came on floppy disks, they were kind of like public domain kind of things you'd buy for 50 pence was a quid. Was he just a hobbyist? He was just a hobbyist, right. you know, just anime. he wasn't a professional animator or anything, or I, I don't think he had any background in it. Anyway, um, I've recently discovered that he is quite a prolific, furry, uh, sexual oh, sort God. of hentai animator. One of these sort of like... Um... 
uh, basically, a guy, what, what that is. A furry is a um, uh, anthropomorphic. Anthrop- I can never say that anthropomorphic. word. Anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphized uh, um, uh, 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 character um, that usually has. It's basically usually like a rabbit or a fox or whatever. Made sexy, basically. Made sexy, big yeah. tits, big ass, or a big cock, whatever. Um, and basically, this guy, Eric Schwartz, he does and did and was a founding sort of member of the kind of the furry, furry movement. kind of movement. So wow. a lot of the characters in the animations I used to watch when I was 12 were kind of like a very sanitized version of the furry kind of movement. And I wasn't, I was being indoctrinated, indoctrinated into the furry <laughs> movement at a very young age, younger than anyone I could possibly think of. <laughs> Before it even existed. Before it even existed. I was like, wow, it's like, it's like being like, Somehow, an innocent fan of the art of Tom of Fiddland. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. Going, I just I really, enjoy the artwork. I just enjoy. I'm just really good at drawing. Blog, blog, men in de- sailor hats. Men in <laughs> leather, leather daddy hats. Yeah. <laughs> Pete, I think I often say this on this show, and I think no, no, nothing is more. No occasion is more accurate for it than this. Mm. The more we do this show, the more I, I feel like I understand you. Right. Because I hear all the stuff you talk about from your upbringing, from mm. when you talk about hanging out with your dad and then your mum and all this other stuff. And that is a very, very key part of the jigsaw, I think. Mm. Me, mom, me and my mum had a right old uh, argument on oh, St. David's Day. What happened? That's not the, uh, that's not the spirit, of, is of it? Of all days. I know. Yeah, what happened? She was telling me to go, I, I don't go up and see my sister in Manchester. Right. Well, you're not doing your, you're not doing your uncle duties properly. It's important. It's, she's, she's ghettoised herself. Let's get into it. She's ghettoised herself. She's a bit of a curtain twitcher. She doesn't do anything. Who, your mum? Me mum. Oh, okay, right. So she doesn't leave the house. She doesn't do anything. And she... Um, in her heart has found this little creature that she fucking adores and yeah. I've seen things in my mother that I've never seen it, 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 her do before she's this wonderful grandma who dotes after this child yeah. and she's trying to find a way to see her more and more and more and she feels guilty that she's not there more because she loves this little kid uh, and she ain't a kid, get a kid, kid out of me obviously anytime no. soon um, I mean, the, 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 but, the government put pay to that didn't <laughs> <they>? <laughs> I've been sterilised chemically um, <laughs> And she does the thing, and so she's taken out of me, sort of saying, well, "You should get up there and see, see your niece." And I'm going, "You got there a fair amount, don't you?" I see her, I see her enough. It's fine. I, I imagine I, I can remember three separate times you've been there. Yeah, but <laughs> well, the kids are only about two. She's, she's one. one um, yeah, but yeah, but yeah. I can sort of, I can sort of tell her frustration. She's sort of bringing it out through me, vicarious, vicarious okay, and, I'm, yeah. and I'm sort of going, and I, and I actually put her phone down. I said, "Ma'am." Let's stop this now and just put the phone down. And I, I've, I, I can't remember the last time I did that. To be honest, well, listen, people who are listening, you should love your mom. Call her more. Yeah, rise above it. But Pete. she's been a prick. Put the phone down. <laughs> no, rise above it. I did rise above. It. I said, "Ma'am, you've get wise yourself. You have made. <laughs> you've... Imagine you say that to your own mother. <laughs> mum, you've ghettoized yourself. You've ghettoized yourself. You've, you've, you've turned your whole old life into a cage. Well, the Stuart thing. But I will. Stuart lives a separate life. Right, okay. He's ghettoized himself, but in twilight hours. At night time. At night time. <laughs> okay. a nocturn- I have a nocturnal parent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. parent. Yeah. Is it diurnal? <laughs> diurnal, I think nocturnal, so. right? I think, okay. so. I think what we yeah. need to do is we need to take a bit of a quick break for you to calm down. Yeah, uh, oh, come on. And um, and think about what you've done to your poor old mum. Uh, shit, look, she's weird. And, and uh, I'm weird. Yeah, that, well, I agree with that second part yeah. of that. And uh, afterwards, we'll take some emails because we've got some good follow-ups to what we talked about on Monday and some stuff a bit further back from that as well. So let's do that. Are you going to apologise to that doctor? I'm sorry. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So, the first step is to find the right position for you. Put your hands down and lower your chest to the ground. Just do that and pretend that you're holding pooping and it should sound... A lot like this. Welcome back to the Luke and Pete show. Pete, can I just say... I forgot about him. On, that, on, that, on that crispy, eating crisps and forcing yourself to fart um, yeah. ad jingle, we've got a new uh, editor, Ronnie. Ronnie, right? Oh, oh Ronnie's not yeah. hearing this. No, well, the thing is, she um, she edited the last Luke and Pete show. Okay. And I, I, I know word of a lie. She's sitting in the office outside and I poked my head out of the studio after we've done Luke and Pete show uh, to talk to someone. And I heard her saying to Laura... Um, it's the outbreak. I mean, I, I can't find the outbreak. It's, it's all I can hear is something about pantry moths. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, welcome to the Luke and Pete show." So go. God knows what she's going to make of that one. <laughs> anyway, welcome back. It's hello at lukeandpeach.com if you want to get in touch. Mm. Um, we we love hearing from you as ever. Uh, Peter, you, I did a lot of emails on Monday, so people are probably very bored <sighs> of me. So do you want to go first? Well, um, I'll apologise on your behalf to um, Doctor RT. Oh yes. Um, yeah, so with the guy who found the money in the ice cream van, we accidentally outed him. Yes. And that was your fault for bleeping it once and not a second time. Yes. That was an innocent mistake. With the doctor who we talked about last week with the purple vomiting and all that kind of stuff. Who wanted to be a uh, who wanted to be the official doctor, doctor of, of the, the, of of the Luke Luke show. show. He then sent on a separate email, and here's the key. The separate email, which I didn't read, mm. by the way, please don't use my name. Yeah. I might well be struck off. And that's my livelihood, and I've got a family and all the rest of it. Uh, didn't know or read that one. Right. So he's been outed. We won't use his name again. Yeah. If you are someone who works for the British Medical, the General Medical Council, or whatever it is, um, have don't leniency. Listen, don't listen to episode 147. <laughs> and you'll never know who it is. You're, You're not like, allowed. Yeah. Uh, you are hereby not allowed. Uh, you, you, are all, you are struck off from listening to the last podcast. Exactly. And I will say this if you are the head of the General Medical Council, or whatever it's called, use your time more responsibly. <laughs> The Hippocratic Oath says, do no harm. <laughs> do no harm to one of your doctors by yeah, listening to that. Exactly. I think you've got bigger problems, quite frankly. Yeah. Anyway, that second email came from Dr... Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> uh, hello to uh, Luke. Uh, Luke of the Cunningham variety. He could be uh, the official Luke of the Luke and Pete show. The official Luke of the Luke and Pete show. Um, he's, he's made a song, Luke. He's made a song for, oh, the, God. for the podcast. I don't know what that noise is. I want to know. No. We talk about life. We talk about. 
talk about nothing at all. Right. It's good. Insult. <laughs> it's good, but it doesn't really get Luke and Petey until about a minute in. Okay, let's go. Keep going. All right. We talk about life. We talk about life. We talk about nothing at all. Welcome to the lonely island. The jaded party of the Luke and Pete show. I quite like it. It's in excess, isn't it? She drives me crazy, isn't it? She drives me crazy, yeah. (laughs) Don't you say, I love, turn it down a bit, I love love just going in and out of this song. Just zoned back into it, just heard Spider Monkey. Help but I think he's shot windowing himself a little bit there. I think it's very touching. It is very touching. And I Thank think the God. listeners would like to hear us make love to it. You and I. Really? Yeah, you and I. There's been a lot of sex talk in the office today, aren't there? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's who, who's you. Luke, uh, Cunningham. Luke Cunningham. Fantastic. An actually Great talented work. Luke. Yes. Who'd have thought about it? Luke for Who'd have thought that? Yeah. Um, Great God. stuff. If you want to, if you want to make a song, I mean, this sounds hopelessly self-aggrandizing, but if you also want to make a song, we'd be happy to hear it. Hello at LukeandPeteShow.com. Ooh, baby. I've got another dad-based prank, or I've got um, an actual physicist emailing in talking about the potential to swing the swing all the way around. All right, then let's have that one. You want that one? Yeah. I think I saw a video of a man uh, doing that, and he really stacked it. He went over the top twice and then stacked it. This is from Sean, who... And by the way, the doctor emailed in last week. Just use your first name. All if right. you just sign it off as your first name, we're only ever going to read your read first it, yeah. name. Yeah, so that's what you need to do. Anyway. Simpl- keep it simples. The genie's out of the bottle there As now. the PM said. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sean says, hello, boys. Episode 144 caught me on a slow day at work and talk of swings and centrifugal versus centripetal force is as good a reason as any to dust off a physics degree. I agree. <clears throat> I suppose he's not a physicist, really. He's got a physics degree. I don't know what the, the cutoff there is, but Pete nailed it. Essentially, I'm a wanker. <laughs> apparently, yeah, apparently, Pete, you, you you get a chance to prove me wrong here. Okay. Because I know the thing is, you and I, I'm I'm a more dominant arguer than you, and I don't think you can draw on the resources of memory to go to fight back at me. So you all too often capitulate, yeah. and so you've got someone here who's backing you up. You're the top. I'm the bottom. Yeah, and you should fight. I just, for, I just sit there and take it. You should fight for your right to party more. Um, Pete nailed it. A centrifugal force is the relevant force for being able to loop the loop on a swing. Loop a loop. Um, centrifugal force is an apparent force or one that comes from having your frame of reference rotate relative to another. As you are pulled back by the chain, this one is centripetal force, Luke. It feels to the swinger that there is something pushing you down into the seat. Ah. The observer on the ground would only notice that the person in the swing is being pulled into the circular path by the chain. By my maths. On an eight-foot swing, you'd have to be travelling at 11 miles an hour to do a proper loop-the-loop. The only thing that matters here is the length of the chain as the mass of the child cancels out. In short, anybody who claims to have gone all the way around the swing is full of it. What they may have done is reach the top and simply start falling straight-ish down to the other side. Uh, other than that, it's not possible. Keep up the good uh, pods. I need them on days like today, Sean. 
Right, I'm typing in Russian swing over the top. Okay. There's those ones that like are absolutely massive. Uh, it's, it's a back garden, maybe. Um... But Pete, what I think you need, and Sean doesn't cover this, but I mm. think what you need is a, is a rigid thing instead of a chain, right? Uh, no, I don't, no, if you go fast enough, surely the chain would become quite uh, tough. Actually, looking at this one, this um, this one where he goes over the top, this is actually a rigid chain, isn't it? There's no it swing in that rigid. chain. Yeah, it, it has to, to absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's rigid. That's the it's thing. It's rigid. If it's rigid, that's fine. Look at how it ends, though. See you later. Oh, God. <laughs> See you later, mate. He's, he's really hurt he's himself. Really? There. He's broken I a think, few. Uh... I think that might contravene YouTube's uh, rules and regulations. But anyway. Ah, shut up. Thanks for that, Sean. Um, Peter, what have you got? Um, I've got one from. Hang on. Tom, now I noticed, Luke, because I was not on the ball last week <laughs> yeah. and I didn't have any emails for you, um, you missed out some very important emails that I would have gone straight to. Route okay. one stuff for me. Okay. Hello there. Your recent fascination of horses and the oh, president. But, come no, on. I ignored no. it on purpose. Why? I ignored it on purpose. Why? Because the listeners are about to find out why. Animal passions. Exactly. Do you remember this TV show? I watched it. I, I saw remember it. it. 2004. An hour-long TV show which some claimed glamorised the deplorable act of bestiality. 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 We've had this, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. Can I just say, the horse in that show was called Pixel, and I (laughs) cannot hear the word Pixel, as I did this morning, without thinking of that horse. It's ruined the Google Pixel phone It really has. Yeah. Um, It's not particularly worthy of an email, uh, the idea of remembering a TV show, but one of the main culprits has long stuck in my mind. One man was both emotionally and physically in love with his horse and was happily interviewed proclaiming his love for his stable mate. He was also filmed with his tongue firmly in the horse's mouth. Slightly odd, sure. However, the most memorable moment comes when you learn of his fate. Johnny the Horse Whisperer, possibly not his real name, uh, loved his, uh, or indeed, the thing that he did. He didn't I'm, I'm whisper. A, I'm a, no, 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 you got it wrong. I'm a horse whisperer. Why are you whispering around that end of the horse? What are you whispering? You can't hear it. What are you, you, what are you whispering? <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do? Um, the, uh, basically, he loved his horse so much that he had uh, his face uh, tattooed on his body. This proved fatal as the tattoo artist used infecting needles, uh, contaminating our mate Johnny, again, probably not his real name, with AIDS. Bad luck. I don't think. That's true. The half-life of AIDS is very... It's only a couple of days on a needle, I'm fairly certain. And why well, would you... You'd be incredibly unlucky to die of a tattoo. We need tattoo. the official doctor of the Luke and Peter to get in touch and tell mm, us. And a, yeah. speaking of a, a physicist, we need, we clearly we need a chemist or a biologist or something. Mm. Anyway. Well, Tom, thank you for reminding us of a horrific uh, Channel 4 documentary. But yeah. it's fascinating the lengths that... Uh, People will go, <laughs> so to speak. They, so they, to speak. They, um, they also did one about people in love with cars. Yes. Didn't they? More recently. Yeah. Yeah, very odd. I mean, listen, I mean where, does, where, does that, where does that end and where does Top Gear start? That's all I'm saying. Blur, the lines are blurred. Blur, the lines are blurred. As uh, Robin Thicke would say. <laughs> but now derided and uh, run out of town, Robin Thicke. And that song was problematic, let's be fair. It was very problematic. I was once told off by the head of music at my radio station because I was writing a piece for the Daily Express and I wanted to call the Robin Thicke song, um, Blurred Lines, the A Rapist's Charter. Yeah. And he said... No. Don't do that. <laughs> he said, don't do that. Please don't do it's that. It's going to upset the record company. Oh, well, yeah. sorry, yeah. person who told yeah. me to do that. Sorry, I'm a... a sorry, de- sorry, I'm, a- I'm, I'm speaking truth to power. <laughs> that, pow- that power being Robin Thick. And that is the most... Son of the other Thick. And you speaking truth to power so consistently and bravely throughout your career is the second most important reason that you've not gone as far as you'd hoped. Well, yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 First yeah, one true. is just a sort of general... Lack common of talent. Or- yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, I also share that. 
issue. <laughs> um, but no, good to get a reminder of that Channel 4 documentary for sure. It was very, very... The thing is, I think with, with, that, with that particular documentary, the issue was around, obviously, animal welfare. We understand that. Yeah. With the cars thing, I just said that. I caught myself there. Sounds a bit odd, isn't it? But ultimately, not really doing any harm to anything, is it? No. You Fuck know. a car. Well, yeah. To not put too fine a point on it, yes, is what you just said there. If you were going to, I'd choose one with more than one exhaust. Yeah. Because variety is the spice of life. And hygiene is important. <laughs> um, on that bombshell, I do have an email here that I wanted to do about... Uh, I've got one here about uh, another dad-based prank, which I thought was quite funny. Yeah, cool. And something about the great documentary, Searching for Sugar Man. Now, I'll do the dad-based prank next time. Searching for Sugar Man, thank you very much to Bryce for emailing it in. We haven't got time to do it, but... If, what I'll just say is if you if you have seen that documentary movie, you'll know how great it is. If you haven't, go and watch it. It's amazing. It's not a, it's not a story that could happen now because of the internet, but I don't think I can sum it up or do it justice by telling you about it. Searching for Sugar Man, about the great Rodriguez. Go and look for it on Netflix it or Amazon Prime. It was one of the early kind of Netflix big hitters, wasn't it? It's amazing. Yeah. It is so, I mm. saw it at the cinema. Mm. It's absolutely fantastic. Go and check it out. And thanks for Very reminding good. us of it, Bryce, from Portland in Oregon. That's enough time for this time around. We'll be back the back end of the weekend on Monday All right, for then. episode 149. Um, Peter, it's been an absolute pleasure, as it ever. It has indeed. We talk about... La- it's actually quite... Um... Why, don't, why don't we get Luke Cunningham to play us out, mate? All right. Uh, we talk about... Look, no, I can't be bothered. All right, fair. Sorry about that, Luke. We you played the full thing. We did. We talk about life. We talk about life. Spider Monkey. We talk about nothing at all. Thanks, Luke Cunningham. Rude. <laughs> this Woo. is a Radio production. Should we go and look at some photos of bonobos? Oh, no, bonobos.